The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey everybody, welcome to the Title IX Podcast and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. The entire Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and we want to thank, give thanks to the Wild Rose and Casino and Resort Studio for allowing us to have this wonderful new setup for those of you um, who happen to see the clip on Twitter. We're, we have our own little header now. We're official, Elisa. Yeah, now everybody can see me. Great. <laughs> If you're listening to the podcast and you don't see the clips on on Twitter, Elisa has, is that a heating pad or ice? Um, I have ice on right now. (laughs) Around her neck. Yeah. How many ice packs are there? There's just one. There's just one. I don't know what this is over here. Just a blanket, I think. She's got it wrapped around her neck. Yep. I'm old and I hurt myself stretching (laughs) in bed. Not like, not like stretching after a workout stretching just in bed like the first thing i did yeah hurt myself it's not great to get old i really recommend against it honestly yep well i mean the alternative (laughs) okay fair anyway so uh yeah she's gonna be okay folks i think anyway we want to give out to a shout out to the ivy college of business at iowa state those lucky duck students are still on Christmas break, right? They may be coming back this week. I don't know. Arnold went back to work. So yeah, that's all you probably care about. When does Iowa state go back? I don't know. I remember it being after Martin Luther King day. That was a long time ago when I went to college because I'm old, like Elisa. I typed in, when does Iowa state? And it like started populating different games and stuff oh yeah it's like well your search engine down. knows you settle down settle down do you have a winter answer? session oh that's over spring semester starts monday january 16th so next monday okay yeah so oh, the offices those, are closed those lucky the university Ivy students are on break for another week yeah we 17th 17th so you were spot on right after mlk cool. day that's right. I remember. It wasn't that long ago when I was a <laughs> young student on the Iowa State Whippersnapper. Campus. Whippersnapper. We are recording earlier than normal. We're recording before mm-hmm. noon. Um, We're recording Monday. at 4.30 a.m. <laughs> I thought that's what time you get up. Not. It's not. <laughs> In my old age, getting up earlier is harder and harder. Yeah. But we're recording over our lunch hour on Monday, January 9th. The bad news is that as a result of recording early, we don't have an update on Stephanie Suarez. And I think that's where we should start, Elisa. How about you? Yeah, I definitely think so. Okay, so the men's basketball team goes out, gets two conference road wins last week. The women take care of business at home on Wednesday against West Virginia. Cyclone fans are feeling on top of the world, only for it to all come crashing down on Sunday with an injury to Stephanie Suarez in the first half against Oklahoma. Because that is the Iowa State way. Yeah, that's we were just waiting for that proverbial kick in the ovaries. That's right. And it came. It came. came. Honestly, like uh, it's wild that an injury was not on my radar. Yeah. For this team. Right. It just wasn't. Well, I think it's because, you know, with the exception of maybe Maggie Espen Miller McGraw, we've been blessed and haven't had a lot of 
um, yeah. injuries or, you know, things that take people out of games. In fact, we, a couple of years ago, we see Ashley Jones dislocate her shoulder and come back in the game. Right. So Pop her back we, in. Yes. And it was strange on Sunday watching that game. She goes down. She doesn't step on another player's foot. She doesn't get tangled up. It was truly just she lands and goes down. And it sometimes feels like those are the worst case scenarios. Yeah. Now, we don't know for sure, but she gets pulled from the game. She doesn't come back in. And the look on her face during that game was just... I am sad. And that broke my heart because everything we've read and heard about her is that she is this wonderful human being who is just happy to be at Iowa state and enjoys and loves basketball, but really cares about being a good person and furthering her education. Like she's the ideal student athlete and then gets injured. And after the game, coach Fennelly said she's going to get an MRI on Monday, um, but it doesn't look good. And I think for him to say that he must have had some inclination that it truly wasn't good because I don't think he's going to give us that nugget otherwise. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's hard because like we know her story that she came here specifically to play D one ball to see, hopefully see the WNBA draft. And so it's like, okay, well, where does that stand then? Like, did she put in enough time? Did she put in enough work in these first couple games in the first couple months, the first half of the season um, to show them what they wanted to see? I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, we don't want to speculate too much because maybe she'll have an MRI and miraculously everything's okay. Yeah. Um, And it's just hard to know, to speculate too much without knowing for sure. But you're right, Elisa, you're absolutely right. And I think the, I think we can go one of two ways because this is probably a good exercise to have in the event that she gets hurt again later in the season or another player gets hurt. What happens next? Yeah. So after she gets injured, she doesn't come back in the game. Iowa state has another disastrous third quarter. They're outscored 24 to 12 in the third quarter to OU. Now Iowa state was able to close the gap in the fourth quarter and actually um, had a shot to go ahead in the last possession of the game. But Ashley Jones was blocked down low and we lose 82 to 79. And I guess the good news here is it's a road loss to a talented top 25 team. If you're going to lose a game in the conference schedule, that's not the worst one to lose. Right. Now, if Soros is actually out, um, whether it's a period of weeks, months, the season, we have basically the same team we had last year that leaves us with an incredibly talented team. You have Ashley Jones, you have this amazing guard play, you have great defense. The problem is we were missing that Sefty Soros piece. She was it. And arguably, we don't have someone to replace her if she's out. Right. And we're looking at like the next stretch is, I mean, we're not going to see anybody of that caliber until we get to maybe Kansas. Like Texas just isn't who we thought that they were. Or Um, isn't who they have been in years past. Yes. Right. Right. Um, And so we see Kansas State, Texas, Oklahoma State, then Kansas, um, TCU, and then we see Oklahoma again. So it's it's possible to kind of get our feet under us. Um, if she is out, get our feet under us, winnable games without her, um, and kind of sort out because really like 
the offense is it's not run through her but she's a key component of that offense. yes and that offense is going to have to drastically change which means learning all of the players learning basically a new offense to adapt to while she's not in the good and news so, is that offense will look a lot like how it did last season. Yeah. The bad news is we are not shooting the ball like we did um, yeah. last season. Um, we're still shooting around 30% from three, which, you know, is not a bad rate, but it yeah. just feels like, you know, those games where we shoot and hit 19, three pointers, those are hard. To, those are harder to come by this year. Right. And the other bad news is that we underperformed in the tournament last year yes. and with the same exact team coming yes. back, basically it's hard to, it's hard to have, I don't know, hard to be optimistic about that. It is. And you and I have talked about this a lot and I just feel even assuming Stephanie Suarez comes back, she's okay. She misses very little time, which I don't know that that's going to be the case, but let's just assume best case scenario. I right. still feel like this team is missing an emotional leader and that alpha alpha leader. Yeah. And I don't know. I can't, I kept thinking as we watched this game, even in the first half before the injury, you know, who's that going to be? Who's going to step up to that? And I'm, I don't know. I don't know yeah. the answer. I, Emily I Ryan that, has moments of that where she right. takes over. She's not done that as of late. Lexi Donarski has moments like that has flashes. Um, yeah. Ashley Jones is not ever going to be your emotional, like, you know, right. fist pump type of, that's just not who she is. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, She barely cracks a smile. Hey, so. Right. <laughs> right. Maggie yeah, Miller McGraw is definitely a spark. Um, for yeah. whatever reason, she's not getting the minutes that I, you know, we've been accustomed to her seeing. Yeah. Danae Fritz, I feel like could be that killer, but she's so young, you know, she's yeah. still trying to determine what her role is. It's tough for that. It's, I think that like stepping back and looking at it, it's tough that usually that leader is the best player on the team. <laughs> right. And I think that like, maybe there's just a feeling that, well, it should be, you know, I don't want to step on Ashley's toes and right. it, you know, she is the best player on the team and, you know, kind of, I don't know, but I, I just think that we know we like, we've talked to Emily she has that in her for sure to be that person. And I don't know. I think that <clears throat> it could emerge honestly, like through, through this adversity, adversity. maybe yeah. that is going to emerge. It's almost, it almost has to, I, you know, I think one way or another, it has to, otherwise this team is not going to come out on top on these close games. Yeah. And I don't know, it gets tricky. Once you get into tournament time, you have to have that leader to pull you through those moments where, you know, you get down five or you get down seven and how to close that gap. And yeah. I don't know. I just, I have this weird nagging feeling um, that we may not see that and we could be disappointed with how, how this season ends. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. I hope that's the pessimistic Iowa state cyclone coming out in me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I, I feel like you're protecting yourself. From, <laughs> I could be, but I mean, hurt. the truth is I came out of this, you know, came into the season final four or bust and I meant it, you know, yeah, I really meant for it. For sure. And, especially after we saw Stephanie play. Yes. And I just, it, for some reason, and I don't want to say we're underperforming because, you know, we had a Wednesday night against West Virginia. We ended up winning by 20, right? but, that, but it just feels like we are a little bit. And yeah. it's crazy to say that. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's not, if it's, there's not a spark or there's not this excitement about it. And I keep, I kept thinking yesterday, Sunday after the loss, this men's team is so much fun to watch. They are gritty. They're tough. They're exciting, you know, and it's easy. I think Bloom tweeted something like there. It's so easy to root for this team. Yeah. Obviously it's so easy to root for the women too. I'm, yeah. I will fight for them forever, but there's, there's missing that. And it's not fair necessarily to compare the men and the women, because I think the women have a much higher ceiling for talent. Yeah. And I think the men's team, it, what they lack in talent, they make fo- up for in grit. Yeah. Um, but there's like this grit factor that I don't see in the women that I think we're going to have to see if we want them to get to the level that we expect them to be this season. Yeah. And I think something you said earlier, like they had a abysmal third quarter and I really, I like, I honestly believe that like championships are made in the third quarter. I think like we've watched like golden state warriors are a great example during their championship runs. They're great in the third quarter. It's all about, you've seen the first quarter or you've seen the first half, you know, you've seen the way that the, this team is going to come out and play. Yeah. How are you going to adjust? Yes. Great teams adjust at yes. halftime. Yep. How are you going to adjust to put yourself past the team that you're playing? You know, I think that when it, when it gets to March, when we get to the tournament, I really think the separation is made in that third quarter. And then the fourth quarter you build on or maintain like the first half is really, it's like the trial period. Yeah. Trial period. You're really trying to feel out like how these teams are going to be playing, what they're going to be doing, try and keep it close. Who's having an on night. Who's having an off night. Yeah. Yeah. Figure that out. And then you go into halftime and you say, okay, you know, so-and-so is having a great night. Maggie's having a great night. Let's draw up a couple plays for her. Let's draw up some inbound plays for her. You know, so-and-so is struggling on defense. Let's switch them out for somebody else. You know, like, I really think that the championship teams are made in that third quarter and how they come out of the half adjusted to be better. And that's not all on the players. You know what I mean? Like I that's, know what you mean. that's on bill and that's on the, the coaching staff. And I think that they have an opportunity here to step up and be great in that third quarter and take on that challenge. Yes. And they have to, whether it's, um, and I know, I know Sunday was probably really jarring for them for Stephanie yes. to go out, but this won't be the last time this season that something happens. That's yes. going to be jarring, you know, whether yes. it's, they figure out how to, um, put defense on Ashley. So she's scoreless or yes. whether Lexi rolls an ankle, you know, I mean, something, yep. something will happen and yeah. you're absolutely right. It's the, how you respond to that, that is going to make or break this team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, there's our analysis. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, we have some awesome news about Stephanie, but if, if we don't, then I guess we proceed. And, um, you know, I think everything that we've wanted this team to have is still possible. 
it's just there has to be some slight adjustments made. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think that I think that that can apply even if Stephanie comes back. Totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> um, we mentioned the men, just a blast to watch. Now, our friend Alex Gukin on Twitter said that Otz might replace the mayor as the most beloved coach in Iowa State. Oh, wow. Country. I mean, and especially since Fred left. I know. And I said, I think he already has. Now, Ooh, I know that's probably premature, take. but I thought a lot about this. Now, we have the benefit of hindsight with yeah. Coach Hoiberg. Uh, he left, and it feels like he abandoned us. Right. And Otz hasn't done that yet, obviously, and maybe he will. <laughs> maybe he won't. And yeah. if he does, maybe we may, maybe our perspective shifts with the benefit of hindsight. Yeah. But I just, even with Fred, obviously, he loved being a Cyclone. He, he has lived Cyclone lore his entire life. Yeah. But Otz really feels like he bought in. Yeah. Top to bottom. Can I complain about Otz for a hot second? Maybe. I mean, I feel like if this is going to be blasphemous, I'll come over there and attack your sore neck. It's not. It's not going to be blasphemous. And I think you might agree with me. He needs to talk to the refs a little bit more. No, 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 no. You and I totally disagree. Have you not been... Do you not read anything that our fearless leader provides on the premium boards so here i don't i pay i don't pay for that um (laughs) no 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 before you say anything i'm going to tell you his psychology and then maybe it'll shift how you perceive this okay so his psychology him being ot his psychology is that we are going to foul the hell out of the other team with our defense okay and human nature suggests that if the foul differential is 16 to four in the first half, in most scenarios, they're going to clean that. The officials are going to clean that up. Now that didn't happen against uh, TCU and the foul differential remained ridiculous, but in most games it does even out. So his thought process is I'm just not, I'm not going to write them. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and they're going to correct it themselves. It works a weird amount of the time. Here's the thing is it does not have to be black and white. You don't have to be either Fran or swallow your whistle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't there be was Fran. A, there's a very specific thing that happened where the shooter on his three-point attempt kicked out his feet. Oh, very yes. James Harden kicked yeah. out his feet. Um, and I think it was Lipsy was going by and they kept showing this over and over and yeah. over on the TV. And, and the this other is friend, the, our friend was pissed for sure. That's the third time that that had happened in that game. Yeah, it ended And up it's like, if time. I'm seeing that, you, you don't have to say like, what the bleep? You just have to say like, hey, he's kicking out his leg. But how do we know he wasn't? Because they're not showing they're not showing the, the because subtle they've talk. never in the entirety of his career as the head coach shown him talking to a ref before. And I believe that if it does happen, they immediately go to him because that is what they do for every other coach. You mean if, it, if he does talk to the yes, coach. if he is putting a bug in the ref's ear they're going to catch that on camera because they catch it from every other coach. He is not an exception, just like it's not an exception that, you know, it, the foul differential, whatever. It is not an exception that they're not showing him. I I think he just needs to speak up every once in a while for the things that are absolute, absolutely ridiculous. And I'm not saying, 
And that was at the end of the game when you can clearly see what the foul differential has yeah. been. Oh yeah, it was rough. And so I, I don't think that I don't think it just needs to be like, well, I'm never going to say anything. Mm, like it, you're smart enough to know the situations and know when you need to, Hey, mention something. Yeah. I, I, I used to be very much on the, why doesn't he say more? And then the more that, that theory or philosophy got spoken the more, I was like, you know, I think there's probably something to that. And I, I mean, you're right. There are moments when it's worth it. And Saturday or yeah, Saturday, that was the foul differential was rough. Had we lost that game? I think that you might agree with me. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Like, I think there are moments. I think his general philosophy is working. So I think we're probably both okay with this. I do. But I it, think it didn't working. work, but it didn't work. Maybe that particular instance, but I think overall. You do. I really do. Okay. Yeah. Let's watch the rest of this season yes. and follow back up and yes. see, because there are just, there are games where it's like, why is this not obvious? Can you just not like politely say something? I, yes. But I think that, okay, here's what we're going to do for the rest of the season. We're going to keep track of the fouls in the first half versus the second half through the remainder of the conference and see if they even out over time. This isn't even about fouls, though, because that that should have not been a foul. Is that what I'm saying? I'm not saying that, like, they called a foul on us and then they should like it's not a it's not a foul differential thing it's a this happened three times and he's kicking his feet out like i i don't think that it's a numbers thing and i know that like you're a you're a baseball girl and you're <laughs> saying the numbers are saying i'm saying i'm watching this game and if he kicks his feet out one more time i'm going to slice him off <laughs> I believe that you would have to. I, yeah, I think, but my, the reason I say the, uh, the reason I come back to the foul differential is because I think that's why he tends not to get on the officials is because I think he knows that we are going to play a defense that is physical and will likely have the fouls rack up in the first half. And he, in his mind, he thinks that they will call less in the second half against us, call more against our opponents in the second half. But then when that doesn't work and somebody kicks but out I, his feet, I do think it is working. That's what I'm that. saying. Like, I think in, I think in, in Hoiberg's, sorry. Oh my gosh. Slip. I think in Otz's mind, um, that's what happens when we are talking about Hoiberg. He, Mr. McDreamy just gets right there in the brain. <laughs> I think that, uh, I think in his mind, they don't call that anymore in the second half. Did it work on Saturday? No, it didn't. But I think long, I think overall it does. So that, so you point to Elisa for this one. We'll see if the end of the season goes point stuff. Okay. We'll see. Okay. Fair enough. Can we talk about the Cyclones in the NFL? Because it's really awesome. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. Brock Purdy had another three touchdown game. He uh, has thrown multiple touchdown passes. Oh, wait. I have to give you some happy statistics about women's basketball that I forgot. I was going to end oh, on a happy yeah. note. I'll do okay. that at the end. Um, okay. Let's go back to Brock Purdy. He has thrown multiple touchdown passes in six straight games. So he joins Justin Herbert as the only rookie, only other rookie with a streak of six or more such games in NFL history. Why was he playing at the end of that game? I don't know. Was he um, playing at the end of that game? There wasn't, there wasn't another um, quarterback in the stats. 
I didn't see now the end of the game. That, I'm, I feel like he didn't play for the last possession. There wasn't another quarterback mm. with any stats. So unless it was just handing it off. Which it could have been. That was a blowout. Yeah, it was a blowout. I mean, blowout a Brock. position game. Blowout Brock. I love it. We have so many fun nicknames. What a great name to play with. I know. I know. Did you see Charlie Kohler? Yeah. His first NFL reception on Sunday against the Bengals. He ended up with four catches and 49 yards. I'm so happy for Charlie. Spaghetti hands, pickleball, smarty pants, Kohler. I was worried he wasn't going to get another shot. Well, he's been, you know, he was injured. Um, yes. And, he and I just was worried got, after his injury, he wasn't going to get another shot. Yes. And it sounds like he, you know, obviously when you're recovering from an injury, you have to get physically there. And then you also have to catch up with the culture and playbook and all of those things. And kudos to Charlie for doing that. If anybody yeah. can do it, he can. Yeah. Um, there's a reason we call him smarty pants, <laughs> but I hope he has a very solid NFL career from this day forward because he's my favorite. Agreed. Um, I'm wondering what's going to happen with the Jets quarterback, and I'm hoping that there's a better situation for our man Brees. Yes, next year. And honestly, like they were looking real good before he went down, and then they weren't. Yeah, and so it's like, man, get a get a. I don't know who you want to get over there. Send Jimmy over there. I That's think who who are the who are they thinking they're gonna send no dolphins they're thinking Aaron Rodgers no yeah send Aaron Rodgers over there goodness gracious um that'll get the run game going um I think that they're talking about Jimmy or Tom Brady to the to Miami but Tom Brady just know. needs to be done. I mean, the poor let guy. Him, let him play. Just don't bring him to the Saints. That would be hard for you, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It would make me very grumpy. <laughs> Can we talk briefly about the Damar Hamlin stuff? Yeah. I don't need to go in depth about it because obviously yeah. it's been covered from start to finish. But I just keep thinking about how, um, you know, you know this well, and I'm sure our listeners know this, but I am a very feeling emotional person. So when someone gets hurt or injured or something bad happens to someone, I don't even have to know them. I just feel sad for them. But when that happened to Damar Hamlin, there was this collective grief that I don't think I've experienced for a very long time. I mean, like the last time I felt like we've experienced that collective grief was like, this is going to sound insane, but like 9-11 type stuff. Yeah. Boston Marathon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if we're talking about sports. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, because a lot of the grief that I think people have felt in recent years has been politicized and there's one side or the other. And this was this like uniting grief yeah and it was very unnerving and strange and it was this weird wow this terrible situation brought us all together and it's like something you want to appreciate but at the same time it was because of a tragedy a a near tragedy it was just a it was a very bizarre experience and i'm so grateful that it seemingly has turned into a miracle. Um, it sounds like he's going to have a good recovery. So there's a happy ending to it, but I just wanted to get your take on that because that was, I just kept thinking about how strange that was for us all to be feeling the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I think like what came out of it was how incredible his family is. They're reaching out to like the Bengals and like the players and stuff like that and saying like, you know, it's football. They're reaching out to the Bills and saying like, we want you guys to play. Um, Like how incredible, like what an incredible family. And selfless. Yeah. Yeah. And no wonder like there's so much love yeah. for him yeah. because like he comes from that type of family. He just seems like a good and loving person. It was insane to see his, um, his GoFundMe Go blow up. Yeah. <laughs> like that's insane. Like, was it Gronk that gave $6,900? Yeah. Nice. Nice. He gave more than the entire Washington commanders who only gave five grand. Yeah. So, it, it's up to several million dollars now. So yeah, yeah I just, uh, what an amazing scenario and outcome after, after yeah. something that seems so awful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it was like hard to watch and it, I don't know if it felt this way because I was nervous about it, but I just felt like the hits weren't quite as hard this weekend. Maybe I'm crazy. I, you know, I didn't watch it with that perspective, but it it does make you wonder. And you know, everything you heard from people within the NFL was our guys are really shaken up by this. Yeah. And because they only had one practice. Like yeah. the Bills only have yeah. one practice. And I'm sure there's a moment of, you know, you take hits all the time, you know, there are risks, but dying probably yeah. isn't on your right. radar. So I'm sure that these guys who generally have to put themselves in a mindset where they're, they think they're invincible, had a hard time getting into that mindset. For sure. Where they think they're invincible. Yeah. That's a very good line right there. And it was drawing the last thing. My last thought is, um, I was talking to my, our friend, Sarah, um, Johansson about this, oh, yeah. she made a comment that because I, I said something similar to her, like, why is this hitting everyone so hard? And you know, the truth is when you have guys like Joe Buck nearly choking up guys that are, you yeah. know, the machismo tough guys. And yeah. I don't mean that in a negative way. That's just their football announcers. You yeah. know, they don't, de- Joe Buck doesn't typically get into the feels very often. He doesn't get sad, but he also doesn't get super excited. Yeah. He's just kind of there. And yeah. so for you t- to hear their tone and to see all these grown men, um, who you perceive as, you know, tough guys, suddenly without words that's Mm -hmm. jarring and it was just a i'm like i said i'm so glad it's probably going to be happy ending yeah definitely all right let's take a quick break and we'll get out to some get over to some fun shout outs but before we go to break i want to shout out our girl hope wood she does the will in a day program it's hopewoodjd.com use the code uh, fanatic for $50 off she sent us her year end numbers and um several listeners have reached out to her to get their wills done which makes me really happy so again, how many check- of them put us in the will probably all of them i hope so if you don't go back and do it again <laughs> check her out online at hopewoodjd.com and again use the code fanatic for $50 off all right let's take a quick break we're brought to you brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official cycling gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. 
All right, Elisa, this is my favorite part of our podcast every episode. It's the shout outs to all the badass women athletes in the world. I'm going to go first. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Did you see who was named the AP Female Athlete of the Year? Ooh, tell me who it was. Katie Ledecky. Yes. Which this is her second year winning this accolade. And I felt bad because it's a non-Olympic year. So you don't hear a lot about swimmers. It's just not on the radar. And then suddenly I see that she has this new female athlete of the year award. And I'm like, oh, what did Katie do this year? Oh, no big deal. But at the women's (laughs) world championship, she won the 800 meter by more than 10 seconds and the 1500 meter by more than 15 seconds. What? Like me. In eternity. (laughs) There's like this infographic of all of the records of like the the distances that she swims. Yeah. And she owns like the top 25 numbers or something. Like there's no one else even in those. She she has made records, set records, and then broken broken her own own record. Yeah, so she set two new world records in those. To of events. course she of did. Course she, did. <laughs> she also won um, gold in the 400 free and another team relay. So she just raked in the medals. No wonder she was named the AP Female Athlete of the Year. And she won AP Best Smile of the Year. Is that true? No. <laughs> she won. <laughs> Why A-W- didn't I win that? Damn it. AW smile, smile of the Year. You do have a pretty good smile. I'm not going to lie. Does it look good like this? You use white strips? Um, I have before. I haven't for a long oh, interesting. time. Interesting. I have like, um, I have little. Did you just lick your teeth? Yeah, I have little caps on the bottoms of the front too, and mm-hmm. they won't whiten? change color. They won't whiten. So if I whiten my teeth, it'll be everything <laughs> except for the very tips. Well, are they? But are they? It'll good be like color? an ombre. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> I'm fine with them. They're like a fresh ivory. I have big teeth, so I feel like I have to keep them decent. Yeah, they're mm. huge. And my and Corey, she's seven. She just got her first permanent big tooth in or front yeah. tooth in, and that sucker is big. Is it? Roses yeah. are coming in. She's got her mom's teeth. They're giant. Oh, funny. Yeah. Roses are coming in, and I'm like, what are <sighs> they gonna look like? Mine already. My daughters already look like lots of dollar signs for braces. That's Let me just so funny. Oh, Rosa had a gap in her in her baby teeth. Yeah, um, and it's looking like she might have a little gap in her. See that can be super teeth. cute. I know. I think it would be really cute. I'd her. take a gap over the crooked big teeth like I had any day. <laughs> I had some teeth. No, I think a gap is really cute. Yes. Anyway, I don't know how. Oh, Katie Ledecky smile. That's how we got. Oh there. yeah. All right, uh, Sophia Smith, the 22-year-old uh, forward for the Portland Thorns, was named the U.S. Soccer Female Player of the Year. Nice. She's the youngest player to win the award since Mia Hamm won it in 1994. She, it's also the first time a woman of color has won the award in the yep. 38-year history of the award, which is I actually knew wild that. to me. Did you? I did. I'm happy to hear that. She also, not to mention, she also won the NWSL MVP award and the MVP of the National Women's Soccer League finals. So really rough year for Sophia Smith. (laughs) As she should. Do you get cash with that or what? I hope so. I don't know the answer to that. It'd be dope. Um, I'm going to keep going unless you interrupt me. Yeah, no, go for it. I mean, I have, I have some stuff, but blab on. (laughs) Upper Iowa University announced this week that they're going to add women's wrestling 
starting in the 2024-25 academic year. According to Cody Goodwin at the Des Moines Register, this brings the count to around 20 women's college wrestling programs in the state of Iowa. Love that. Love that for Iowa. Do you know any um, young girls like Rose's age that are getting into it? Um, no. I'm trying to think. No, I can't think of any girls. No. I see a lot of... um, I've seen a lot of pictures of tournaments, you know, with younger girls. And so I know it's out there. I don't know any either, but I think Nora would be really good at it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I can see that. A little spitfire. Yeah, I can see that. I'm contemplating it. If you're listening and you know any youth programs, slide into the DMs. Oh my gosh. The youth programs here are insanity, like in a good way, but probably in some bad ways. <laughs> also in a good way because they're like intense. <laughs> I just think she would, she'd probably be too good at it. And then I'd end up spending my life at wrestling <laughs> tournaments. So maybe yeah, you want. would. And yeah. they're expensive. Those yeah. tournaments get expensive. Yeah. 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 Did you know that the gymnastics uh, season has started? Tell me about it. Yeah. Gymnastics, Iowa State gymnastics. I think we're ranked like in the top 30 um, preseason. But they start uh, the Chow's uh, Chow's Winter Classic um, against Northern Illinois, January 14th. That's this coming Saturday. That's here in Des Moines. And then they start um, against UC Davis on next Friday. So January 20th at Hilton. So, oh, it looks like it's actually a couple teams, maybe a meet. So UC Davis, Eastern Michigan is going to be there. Maybe just those two. So those are at Hilton on Friday the 20th. And then the one here in Des Moines um, against Northern Illinois is the Chow's Winter Classic. So you and I have talked about taking the girls to meet for like three years now. Maybe we should just actually go. Maybe we should do do it. it. Maybe we should. I have a snarky comment to make. Not about please. you. Oh, yeah. Please do. I mean, I, I can do one about you. I would you. love some about me. The Fiesta Bowl trophy. Did yeah. you see it? No. There are reports that it cost upward of $2 million because of the 22 dim- 2,200 diamonds on the Why? trophy. It, I looked it up for reference. For reference, the WNBA salary cap for a team is $1.4 million, And I was just, it was one of those moments where I'm like, what the bleep right. are we doing here? Right. And I get it. I understand that their college football brings in gazillions of dollars. Blah, 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 <laughs> but I was just like, why? This yeah. is the most, and it's hit. It's not a cute trophy. It's disgusting. Yeah. It looks like they took like four pieces of existing trophies and glued them together and put some <laughs> bedazzled the shit out of it. Yeah. You could have just gone down to Michael's and got some fake <laughs> crystals. For Even bucks. like Swarovski crystals would yeah, probably be Yeah, go big cheaper. with Swarovski crystals. I just yeah. thought it was unnecessary and I was annoyed by it. So I, no, I agree. Okay. Michaela Schifrin um, got her 82nd World Cup win, tying Lindsey Vaughn. And I looked it up, and the men's record is 89 wins. That's a lot of wins. Yeah, but I don't know. She might be able to. She might be able to make it seven more. Yeah, that's that is a high number. I know, but anyway. it's like all of the all of the World Cup different events meets right still though that's just a lot yeah it is a lot good for her man i hope that she i don't know how old she is or if she's even looking at the olympics the next winter olympics but gosh i hope that she does because she really had a tough time yes 
Yeah, that was heart. That was one of the heartbreaking moments of the Olympics. It was, yeah. And that was like one of those you want to cheer her on, but it's almost hard to watch as a spectator because you're just like, oh, yeah, poor thing. Yeah. Um, We have talked about this before. The the bar out in Portland called the Sports Bra. Yeah. Where they only show women's sports on the televisions in it. Yeah. So Bloomberg did one of their, I don't know if you've ever seen there, they have like five minute quick take stories. Uh huh. And they did one on the bar and the owner, which we've talked about this piece of it before, but the owner mentioned how 40% of collegiate athletes are women, but only 4% of the broadcast share is devoted to women's sports. Okay. So I thought this piece was cool. She said when they opened the sports bra, she made it clear that there would only be women's sports on the TVs, which meant that there would be times when the TVs and the bar were just off. Oh. And she said, because this says as much, just as much as having a game on. Yeah. So people were calling it in the story. She's talking about how people said, this is a weakness of your, of your business plan. And she said, fine, call it a weakness, but I want to use it to the advantage of bringing attention and drawing awareness to this discrepancy. And it just furthered my desire to watch Portland to go visit. I love that. But in the same story, the same Bloomberg story, the national women's soccer league commissioner was discussing how funding in women's sports used to be seen as a charitable contribution. Mm -hmm. It was the quote unquote right thing to do. But now for the first time, investors are really seeing it as a value proposition. Yeah. And I thought she made a comment that leaders in women's sports have a responsibility to, she said, we know what we should be commanding from the marketplace. Yeah. And it made me think back to our conversation last year about the um, NCAA because they have the opportunity to renegotiate some of their marketing deals for the um, March Madness tournament. Yeah. And how right now the women are wrapped into a lot of the men's and smaller sports, and they don't have the opportunity to get what they actually are valued. Yeah. Um, And so I just thought that her saying, you know, this is on, this is not just on the media. This is on the leadership in women's sports demanding what we are owed. Thought that was a great attitude. And I hope to see more of that going forward. Definitely. And that ties in also with um, Angel City FC had like ranked in the mid eight figures in revenue um, during its first season in the NWSL. And 1% of that net ticket proceeds are going to go to the players. It's split amongst the players because of their revenue sharing plan that they worked out. So yeah. Sweet. Uh, so do you follow goals sports or it's Kat Caroline Fitzgerald on Twitter, or social media? So, no. so she indicated that the global sports sports market is expected to reach 700 billion by 2026. And oh, wow. women's sports have the highest growth rate rates right now in sports. So if you've ever considered investing in women, now's the time. Now's the time you can invest in us. That's right. Just slide into it. Sending us Cash, Venmo. money on Venmo. <laughs> um, I so this is my last shout out. If you have more, feel free to interrupt me. Meh. Um, just going back to the Iowa State women, we talked a lot in the first um, segment about how it was. You know, the loss to Oklahoma was kind of a bummer, but I don't want to overlook the fact that on Sunday, um, in the loss to OU, Emily Ryan became just the fifth Iowa State player in history to reach 500 assists in her career. Early in the in the week um, against West Virginia, Ashley Jones broke the record for career three-point field goals and double-doubles. And Lexi Donarski became the 33rd player in Iowa State history to hit 1,000 points. So yeah. despite some bumps in the road, we are still incredibly lucky to have this Iowa State women's team and the talent that it has. And I think that, like, 
sometimes we kind of seem like we're a little bit harsh on them. Like we're yeah. definitely more harsh on them than we are the men's team because yeah, it's because they have that talent. They, there's higher expectations for yes. them, but also like we're super invested in yes. them as yes. well. Like not monetarily, but like we're just invested in them as people. Yes. Like their coaches are our friends. The players have been on before. Like we feel like we're the proud ants of the players. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And we just like, we really like them and we enjoy watching them. And it's just like, we feel like we're part of the fam. That's right. And we want the best for our fam. We do. And if the best doesn't happen for our fam, we're still going to love the hell out of them. Yes. It might be a hard love, damn it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to squeeze them. Right. Give them a good cheeks. squeeze. All right. We're into 2023. Do you want to chat about your goals for the year? Well, do we have time? Do we have time? <laughs> shrug, shrug. I mean, we can talk Let's about them, them quickly. Yeah, yeah, we can go through them a little bit quickly. So we talk about this every year, um, but I kind of have a unique way of looking at goals and I really like it. And this year has been a little bit difficult for me because I just haven't been that excited about my 2023 goals. I think. And usually I'm all excited to write them down, you know, add to, I have a list of people that I would like to work with, like excited. To I'm add always to that at the list. top of that list. You're right? at the very top. Okay. Yep. Just making sure. And I check you off every two weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> so many check marks. Um, but I just haven't really been into it this year. And it's almost been a little bit like sad to me. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of things that kind of, um, go into that last year was, it was a good year for my business, but it was a really hard year for my business. Yeah. And I hired my second employee, which meant that she, there were some months where she was making more than I was. Yeah. Um, and that was really hard for me. Um, and then January just being a super slow month for the bakery is kind of like, like crap, you know, <laughs> what am I doing? What have I and, done? Yeah. What have I done after like just a, the, barrage of work and, um, everything in December. And so, um, it's just been a little bit hard for me and not seeing the sun for many, oh many my moons. Gosh. Um, that kills me. Yeah. And so I have been trying really hard to be regular about taking my meds, trying really hard to be regular about being transparent with my friends about how I'm feeling, um, transparent with my husband about how I'm feeling. Um, and so I, I finally like sat down today knowing that we were going to talk about this with a little bit of like reflection and intention. And I was able to come up with a couple goals. So my goals aren't like smart goals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not measurable. They're not, you know, any of that. They're, they're words and they're, they're words that I strive to achieve daily, mm -hmm. hourly, momently, like they, and they guide my decisions for the entire year. And I think there's been a, a thing that's been going around where like, what's your word of the year? And it's almost like that. Like yeah, it's, it it's the, the word that you're going to use to help you make decisions in your life this year. Um, and then those decisions ultimately help you reach the goals, those smart goals that you may have 
um, set if you were setting smart goals, but these intentions are going to help you kind of daily, um, like gently, <laughs> gently push you in the direction of those smart goals without, because if we set these goals, like the more goals that you set, the less likely you are to achieve them. Um, but if you have a couple intentions for each day, a couple things, ways that you want to be living your life each day, um, you're, you're just more likely to achieve that. And, every morning is another opportunity to, to achieve those intentions and to, to achieve that way of life that you want to be living. So the two that I have one, I've said a couple times, but I want to be intentional. So with my business, you know, I want to stop throwing th things at the wall to see what sticks. <laughs> I want to use feedback. Elisa is literally throwing eggs at the wall to yes, see if they stick. <laughs> see if they stick. Um, God, not at these prices. I'm seriously. Not. I not thought about you yesterday prices. at the grocery store. I was like, oh my God. Woof. Sorry, woof. didn't mean to go intentional. No, that's okay. Keep going. That's okay. Um, so I'm using feedback, use processes that I know lead to growth. For example, like posting on my Instagram at the same time every day mm. leads to like double the amount of likes, Interesting. which, which you're like, Oh, well, you're not doing it for likes. No, but double the amount of likes means double the amount of yes. views. Yes. Double the amount of views means twice as many people know that I'm existing twice as many people of thinking of me each day and thinking of ordering from me. So, um, posting regular reels, sending regular newsletters, um, considering advertising on socials, different, um, different ways of advertising that I know are going to be effective. So, um, and then with my family plan more get togethers for no reason. It, I was very intentional this last year about spending time with my grandparents, which yeah. I think, um, is important. And lately, like we, I signed them up for ESPN plus. And so, cause they were like, we don't know when the men's and women's teams play and it always like catches us by surprise. And so I'm, I'm always texting my grandma. Okay. This is the sweetest. <laughs> yeah. And so they can only get like, Holler at me if you can figure out how to get ESPN plus on Mediacom because I can't figure it out. So they have like a streaming um, TV mm -hmm. with apps and stuff in their bedroom. And so we have it oh. set up. So <laughs> so they're watching in the bedroom. Yeah. So E-L-E-X-A. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say it in case somebody is reacts to it, but she can open up ESPN plus for them in there. And then they watch regular ESPN and all of that. And ESPN two in, in the living room. So my grandma's running back and forth this is so cute. to watch the women's and the men's games. Um, and so, um, being intentional, keeping in touch with my grandparents, um, buying less for the kids and playing more mm -hmm. with them. Um, and then creating more opportunities to connect with my husband. And then, the other word is simple. So, um, I read this thing that said like 75% of, I believe it was moms are overwhelmed with their household responsibilities. And I think that I'm very lucky in that I have a partner that is like, um, intentional about, um, sharing responsibilities around the household and with the kids and stuff like that. But I still am very overwhelmed with the responsibilities just as a, as a human, as a partner, um, in this household. And so 
simplifying our ways of life, getting rid of clothes and which may mean doing laundry a little more often, but you're Mm going to be doing less laundry right? and it's not going to pile up and it's not going to be in a big pile in the basement because, you know, we wore clothes for four or five days and now we're out of clothes. So we need to wash all of those clothes. And so, um, I've gotten rid of like at least half of my clothes and I need to get rid of more of them. I'm, I'm using that. Like, does it bring you joy? Yeah. But I don't think, does it bring me joy? I think, do I effing love it? That's that suits you better. Right. Do I effing love it? Um, I'm being intentional about what I'm bringing into the house. Um, I'm being intentional about like taking each room one by one, each space Mm -hmm. one at a time, getting rid of those things that I'm like, oh, maybe I'll use it someday. Like I'm even right now, I know, like I'm looking at a space that I have not done that too. And I'm like, I'm never going to use that red thread. And if I am, it's in the wrong place. Right. So and so it's find like, it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so getting rid of some of those things, um, that it's like, Oh, maybe I'll use it someday. Well, great. When that someday comes, you can buy a new one <laughs> right? because that someday is never going to come. Right. You're never going to use it. Um, and it, and the way things are, if you are going to use it, you're never going to find it. So Anyways, um, I'm also working on finding ways to simplify our meals. So if anyone has any suggestions for that, I'm doing, we did, we've been doing a couple weeks of home chef, mm-hmm. um, to kind of take like the mental load yeah, of yeah. what to eat off of me, um, to see if that helps at all. Because like the amount of tasks that you have is like a physical load of things that you have. But like, I think that the hidden um, stressor for a lot of people and a lot of like moms is the mental load of things, keeping like all of the appointments that everybody has to have, making menus for everything, ordering food, like all of these things. Like if you, my husband makes dinner for us every once in a while, which is awesome. And he has a couple things that he knows he'll make and but I still have to buy the ingredients at the grocery store you know it's what I like mean the, the best way I ever heard this described was um the Glennon Doyle podcast we can do hard things her sister described it as like the ticker on CNN yeah it's constant Yeah. And it's like, he does a great job of doing laundry, folding things, putting things away. But if something doesn't fit the kids anymore, I need to clear it out. And I need to be thinking about, okay, like they're running out of pants to wear. I need to buy a new size of clothes, just things that he doesn't think of. Sure. And that's fine. Like, I'm sure that he has a mental load of things that I don't think about as it's well. It's probably not as big. It's not as big. <laughs> I do. I just, I have a a list of uh, just a running list of things in my mind that need to be accomplished. Um, yeah. And trying to find ways to simplify that. And so Home Chef was one of those things. I didn't have to think about buying all the groceries and everything for a couple weeks. So yours are intentional and simple or simple, intentional and simple. Yeah. Um, I do not have words like you do this year, but I also have two and they're, um, so one of them, I'm carrying it over from this last year. It was to stop and sit in moments. Um, you know, like when your kids are 
wanting to cuddle you and you really should be cleaning up the kitchen. Those type of moments. I tried really hard in 2022 to just say the kitchen can wait because the kitchen and I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's true. And there were nights when, um, you know, I'd tuck in my kids and they'd say, will you stay for one more minute? And in the past, I'd be like, no, I got to get going. And this year, um, I've tried this last year and this year, I want to continue stopping to sit because I find so much more enjoyment in those moments than cleaning the kitchen. And guess what? The kitchen always gets clean. It just might be five minutes later than what I originally set out to do. For sure. That, um, the word should is one of those things that my therapist like very early on was like, think about the amount of times that you say the word should and like let it in your mind when you say I should let that set off a little alarm yeah and and tell yourself like should you right (laughs) what does that actually mean yeah yeah um and the other one is you know I'm a cardio junkie oh yeah um I am trying this year to focus more on strength okay Um, so, and that's never going to, you know, I'm never going to be a bodybuilder. That's just not how my body set out, but just <laughs> things like doing a little, you know, like every other day I do glutes and legs. And then the other day I do arms and shoulders and just like little incremental, I'm talking 10 to 20 minute workouts, um, and trying to decrease the cardio or at least maintain the cardio and not increase it. So I can take care of, because as we discussed, we're getting old and our bodies are breaking. Yes. So I'm trying to take better care of myself that way. See, this is something that we can relate to. I'm trying to run a little bit yeah. more, but I, I know how to lift some yeah, weight. So, hey, look at us meeting in the middle. I know. I love it. Let's work out together. Okay, let's do it. No. <laughs> but All right. I was hoping you would say no. You need to recover first. I do need to. No running or lifting for a couple days. All right, let's be done so you can go get some fresh ice. Okay. (laughs) Go Cyclones. Go State.